Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Hi, John. Hey, Jason. How's it going? It's going just fine. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is later than we normally record a podcast for the people listening out there. No, it's earlier. It's earlier. Oh, I mean, the day <laughs> is the the. It's a day earlier, but it's a lot later in the evening. Technicalities. Yeah. Yeah, we decided that uh, since John decided to come over and hang out with us and watch the Saturday edition of the Western Michigan versus UNO Mavericks, that uh, we would just hang out and finish the podcast. What was great, because the game was in the Eastern time zone. Yes, we got an extra hour. Yeah, so we decided we'd uh, record the podcast tonight. So you're welcome, everyone. Yeah, have Sunday off. Like, you care. I'm uploading this at like 4 a.m. on a Monday. But yeah, sure, whatever. It's still going to be Monday morning when you hear it, so you're not going to notice any difference. But we will notice a difference because it's, what, it's 9 o'clock right now, Omaha time. Yeah. It feels like it's like 11 o'clock at night. I mean, like, the game. <laughs> the whole game, I John's been you, like, what time is it? 7 o'clock. I was like, I, I really should have, during that second intermission, I should have gone outside for a walk in the brisk air and kind of, you know awakened a little bit you could have gone and fixed all the christmas lights i put up that I don't work absolutely could have but the mavs got a split tonight and i well we both predicted the split this was the week we, we agreed we both predicted a split after last night i wasn't so sure that was a tough game for you know the score yeah. was close though yeah they just couldn't get anything going offensively on friday night right yeah, we had shots. We had opportunities. There, there just weren't a lot of quality opportunities for him. And it seemed like every time we had a quality chance, you we hit a post or put it wide or had right. a shot blocked, and it was just like, oh, it's just find a way to get it through, I wish. Despite that fact, they almost came back and tied the game at the end. Pulled the goalie, had some chances. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. I mean... You know, if they'd gotten that second goal a little bit earlier in the third, not a, not a lot earlier, that game could have gone to overtime because UNO would have had the momentum with them. Who knows what would have happened? But yeah, when we when we came into the third period, I thought we really need a goal in the first, you know, right first ten to twelve minutes. Yeah, get get something in that kind of first half, the first and then half you the can third. give yourself a chance. But yeah, absolutely right. You know, that, that goal with about five minutes left to go in the second period by Austin Ruschoff, that was a tough one. That was the shorthanded goal that we gave up, and that yeah. was really a momentum killer at that point. I think, for me, the thing that keeps killing this team is that that mental letdown after after a goal. Right. We, we tied the game at one in the second, and within a couple minutes, Western Michigan's back up on top by one. Yeah, I remember. And year, that yeah. happens a lot to this team. Yeah, I remember years ago, Coach Kemp saying that's always when you're most vulnerable. Right. Is right after the goal. But we've got to be better about not giving up those opportunities to our opponents because it's momentum killer every time you do that. Right. Even those times, like, there's been times this season where we've gotten the two goal lead. Right. And then it just seems like instantly it's back to a one goal game. Yeah. And it'd just be nice to get that two-goal lead and ride it and out hold for a little it. bit. And I know that they always say the old adage is in hockey that the two-goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. Right. But I'd much rather have a two-goal lead. I'm just telling you that right now. 
I just would like to have it for some time so you have yeah. a chance to kind of work on something else, maybe get a three-goal lead. Yep. But it just seems like we never really have an opportunity. It seems like you know we get... Yep. We tie a game or we get up by one or something and then they drop the puck and it's right back into our zone and something crazy happens. There were a number of times this weekend where we saw that. Right. So yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely that Friday night was a tough night and you and I both had, as we said earlier, picked the split and I wasn't sure what was going to happen going into Saturday night. They, I thought they played very good right out the game. Yeah. I thought they did too. And I think that helps when you kind of, put some pressure on them early on. You get a, a good feel for the game. It you seems can, like this team You come out with a lot of jump. Better. Yeah. yeah. Like, it just seems like I, I'd almost rather them take the opportunity to take the risk early on and see if you can get something, you know, it might pay off like it did on Saturday. I completely agree. And... Other, got... And we need to stay out of the box. We talked about that. That was, you know, what, that was what killed us Friday night. It really was. And it's... It's just odd, timed, weird. You know, I, I get stick infractions and stuff that happen. You know, you're going to get a tripping goal here and there. And but stuff, sometimes but it just looks like silly, just like silly, silly. Like, where is your head right silly now? Silly emotional penalties that they end up taking. Yeah. And they, they don't need to do that. That was, that, was a, that was a bad habit that kind of started last season. And they've got to stop doing that. Because there are going to be teams in this conference as the season wears along that are going to crucify them if they do that. Yeah, Western Michigan's good, but, you know, the way Denver's been playing, you know, Duluth looks to be on a little bit of a rocky place, but they're, they're still a talented team. Yeah, they're Duluth, and, you know, North Dakota looks better this season. Yeah. You know, so you just, you don't know what happened, and obviously parity is, you know, alive and well in the NCHC, so... But again, I think I think Western Michigan took advantage of that on Friday night, and I think I think it created some problems for us that might not have been there in the second period if we hadn't had penalty trouble. So, what do you think of Seville's play this week? You know, goaltenders—it's always tough. Unfortunately, they get a they get hammered for losses sometimes undeservingly. So it was tough. I thought he was a little bit shaky on Friday night. I. I wouldn't say that you wouldn't say it was one of those lights out stand on your head performances. I don't think either was no like the high caliber that we've seen from him. No. I mean, he was obviously he was good enough to get the win Saturday. I yeah. thought he, he still has some of those problems with those rebounds. He, he gives away some, some really juicy rebounds. So that's a little bit concerning. I still think that his feet get a little active yeah. you know i'd like to see him set a little bit more um but he battles through things he battles he's, 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 he a, he's a he's a tough as nails goaltender he yeah. doesn't get rattled even when they're running him and yeah. stuff he doesn't yeah it doesn't seem to get in it, his head too much no and that's i think that's one of the key i think it's the the psychological game is one of the key factors in his game and so it's always a mental game with goalies it, it is and I, and I will tell you when he's in there i feel comfortable and confident i i will say though i thought they might just to shake it up a little bit after friday night's performance i thought they might put austin roden in there just to kind of give it a little bit dynamic something you and i yeah. talked about where you know to try to you know kind of spur the team in front of him 
put somebody different in there that you're not as sure about. It's hard to know what to do in that situation. Mike Gabinette seems like a very kind of conservative and careful coach. So I wasn't sure he was going to do that, but I thought maybe, maybe you might do that. I kind of thought he would too. And and part of that might've just stemmed from the, there was an article in the world Herald on Friday. I'm pretty sure it was on Friday that they interviewed him and and talked to Gabinette and talked about how, you know, he envisioned that there'd be a rotation and yeah, he said he'd like to see some sort of a rotation this season. So, and so expecting that after the Friday performance, I kind of expected that, Oh, maybe now's the time to start that rotation and see what you get. But we saw Seville again and he performed well. He did. He absolutely did. And that was a good win. It was good to get that split on the road. You know, it's wins are tough to come by in the NCHC and, and it wouldn't have surprised me all if Western had, swept that series. They came into the weekend with a five-game unbeaten streak. Yeah. They won Saturday night, so we broke the streak, which was great for UNO. And I know people have said this before, a recipe for success in a division that is as strong as the NCHC is, split against the teams that should be top four and sweep the teams that are... Right then expected to be below you at bottom three and you'll be in the top four. Yeah. Like mathematically, you're most likely going to be in the top four. Yeah. And that's an interesting perspective because a lot of times you'll hear, you'll hear another version of that, you know, sweep at home and split Split on the road, road, which is easier said than done. But especially you look at a team like UNO who they've been pretty successful on the road this season. This is good for a Mike Gabinet coach team. You know, last season we won, a whole two games on the road the entire season. Right. And then in his first season, when UNO won 17 games, we won five games on the road that season. So his teams tend to play stronger at home. Right. So the fact of the matter is we've done well against some tough opponents on the road. You look at Western Michigan's a tough opponent. They've got a lot of firepower on that team, a lot of seasoned veteran forwards who can put up shots and put up points. And you know, we had a good win at Ohio State. So, you know, I'm feeling pretty good so far. Yeah, I think the devil, the devil's advocate side of that is going to be the question of this is still a young team, right. still a lot of freshmen. They're outperforming where people, you know, expected them to be. Absolutely. How long does this train last? Like how, you know, where's the end of the tracks? The, Where do we fall off? Because right now, as you know, in October and November in NCAA Division One hockey, things are still kind of loosey-goosey. They can be a little bit messy because it's not January, February, and March yet. It's not when everybody kind of gets serious and now's when we got to put things together and we got to start winning games. So the question yeah. is, will they have the mental discipline in the second half to keep going? See, and it's always weird because unlike, unlike other sports where right. you have your fate determined by an opinion yeah where your your way of winning kind of matters more than the win itself type of situation in college hockey the pairwise rules pairwise rules and and for those who don't know because i know there are a lot of people who don't know this isn't like college football or college basketball there's an entire sports talk industry that is built on debating these coaches and media polls Mm -hmm. that are incredibly subjective. Right. You and I both know that here, this is based on a a mathematical formula. It's based on your RPI. It's based on your head to head results against teams Mm -hmm. that you played. And then it's 
based on how you do against common opponents that your opponents played. Right. So it's, it's all math. And so it, it takes the, it takes the subjectivity out of it. And sometimes that's good. Right. But sometimes that's not so good. You can do it in a sport like Division One hockey because there are only 60 teams. If there were, you know, 300 teams, you would probably have to bring the subjectivity back into the into the formula because it'd be harder to do, to do the common opponent, right. you know, comparison because, you know, teams might not play any of the same teams. So it's it's a strange beast. So I think for me, the, the point to bring it up is that the first half of the season you're playing without knowing where that math is. Right. The second half of the season, you have a ranking. You know where you are. And it, mathematically, it's, 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 you can it's, figure it's, out it starts what you need to, to become, do. It starts to become clearer as you hit like the middle of February. It's still not perfect at that point. But well, like right now, right now, everybody's attitude is you just got to win as much as you, as you got to win. Because right. later on down the road, it's going to be, it could be incredibly important if... You could put yourself out of it before you're even in it. Right. But yeah, I mean, when you get into January and February, that's the point that you can start looking at it and saying, okay, we've got three teams coming up that are above us in the pairwise. We need to sweep one of them. We need to split against two of them. You know, we can't lose by this many goals. Right. And there's even, a even lot the, of people that get in right. like that deep into this is exactly what you need to do. There are people, to be in you, you know, that there are those pairwise experts who do weekly columns right who analyze what all of these teams in college hockey need to do now there's a lot of games left to be played at that point right and i don't i personally don't like to look at it until we start to get right to the end of the season before the conference playoffs because then it narrows the number of games and the the tea leaves start to kind of clear up and you see what's going on but but that's the thing you just keep having to have success now but this isn't like there's a committee somewhere that's going to look and say well, you know, UNO had a good win at Kalamazoo last November. And uh, so we think that that puts them a tick higher than somebody else. That's not the way that it works. So right. you've just got to keep winning and then hope everything comes together. So that's why as many wins as you can get now, when teams aren't really seriously thinking about that, you need to do it. And I like the approach that Gavinitz talked about Yep. to the media and stuff, which is focus on our game, play our game. Yep. Um, kind of a Herb Brooks kind of mentality of know what you can do, do what you can do. Everything else just works its way out in its own time. You know, there's nothing more you can do. Uh, And I think that's the key, especially for a young team is just keep learning, keep getting better, keep playing what you're playing. And, you know, at the end of the season, it is what it is. It is what it is because I've seen this. Because there, there are people who've contacted the UNO hockey coaches in the past with right. like a month left to go. And they're like, oh, you only need to win two of the next six. And I just, I think it's a self-defeating thing. I think it starts to get into the player's head. Oh, we only ought to win two of the next six. And then they, you know, end up winning one and tying the other. And it's like, don't tell them that. Do right. what Coach Gabinette says, which is focus on the little things, focused on, you know, winning a, sh- you know, winning a shift. Mm-hmm. You know, doing things right, you know, winning in this zone of the ice. That's what you need to be able to do. It's not about, it's about getting out there, hustling every time you're out there on the ice and right. doing the little things right. Because ultimately success or failure in college hockey is about a lot of little things during the season. Some of them are in your control and some of them aren't. Right. 
So our segment, I'll uh, I'll let you have your pick for standout the, player, standout, standout player, player of the, of the week. Well, I'm gonna go. I <laughs> I could should I make it three weekends in a row picking Joey Abate? I mean, the guy, the guy hustles every shift. I love the guy. And but this weekend, this weekend, you got to go with Kevin Conley. Kevin Conley, Saturday night in that 6-3 to three win for UNO, gets three goals and two assists. That's a five-point weekend. Or, yeah. Right. That's a, it's a five-point game. Five-point um, game. Yeah. I think he was, he was a team. Really, this week, well, for Saturday at least, I mean, he was just a beast on the ice. He was involved. You know, I still like the grittiness of Conley. Uh, he's, I, I find it fun to watch, you know, a guy that's willing to go in and, and battle hard. and He does. You know, he works the, hard. He plays hard. Goes to the tough areas. And, and that was a really good night for him. And he takes face-offs, which yep. we need. Um, I'm... I'm putting Primo into the mix. Chase Primo. Chase Primo. He and had a great weekend too. He had a, he had a good night on Friday. Friday. Night. He yeah. had uh, he had the goal. Yep. And then he had a good game on Saturday. I think for me, like I like to see that consistency. Like he wasn't like one great game and one you know uh, you did all yeah, right. Yeah, he, he was. was. He played he two good yep. games. He had a goal on Saturday. Um, yep. Yeah. So yeah, I think. There's other players that that obviously you know stood out. Abate continues to be productive member of this team uh, as a freshman, and, and it's exciting to kind of see him develop, and exciting to see think about at least you know where he can go from here. Yeah, and um, I think let me let me let me get your reaction on this. It yeah, seemed I, like this weekend it really was the kind of the veteran players who sort of had to veteran meaning second year guys at UNO. I mean. But yeah. you, you know, you know, it's veterans not like we're talking. Veterans for us is like, yeah, well. Veterans for us are guys who are in their second year suiting up for the Mavs. But it seemed like the veterans were kind of more on display this weekend than some of the younger guys that that you and I've talked a lot about. Like, yeah, I mean, part of that I think can just be attributed to the fact that so much of this team is freshmen, and it's yeah. the first NCHC game, and you hear all these things about how tough it is to play NCHC. Yeah, kind of get your head a little bit. Oh yeah, but part of that is is like I, I look at Abate and think, you know, Western Michigan is a good team. They're yep. well coached. I'm sure that his number was on the board of people to probably play a little tighter, know where he is on the ice at all times. You know, we used to call them key indicators for a team. You always had a handful of guys that were like, you have to keep. The goal is to keep them off the score sheet. You right. have to know where they are at all times because they're the ones that can hurt you in a hurry type of thing. Right. Um, and I'm sure that, there, there that was Western a, Michigan sure, yes. had uh-huh. his number. Yeah. And sometimes that's where, you know, a guy like Conley maybe comes in because yeah. we look at him and we say he's a, you know, he's a hard worker and we, we talk about those things. But he's not a he's 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 not a Taylor Ward. Like he's not the guy that's gonna get. You don't expect it. He's not to one get of those flashy of goal scorer type of guys. He's right. one of those kind of gritty, kind of grinding players. Who, and it shows him yeah. one of, like his third goal was a a reach for a tip that yep. went five hole on a goaltender. Like 
-hmm. It's not a flashy snipe from a corner or anything. So, yeah, I think that... I I think those guys just had to step up, and it was nice to see Conley and some of the other ones step up and do that. Absolutely right. We didn't have... We didn't have a Jordan for tonight, so, you know, Tristan Keck's out of the lineup still. And mm-hmm. we didn't mention this last week. Well, we saw him in a cast after yeah, after the, the yeah. home series last week, and uh, and uh, he's going to be out until Christmas time. So Yeah. Yeah, it kind of – I say it hurts just because I got – felt so bad for the kid because he seemed like especially last season like he had we've talked about this but you know it just seemed like he was snake bitten so many breakaway opportunities for him he put in so much work and did not see any reward for it was just kind of and i'll tell you we really could i'm sure frustrating we could have used him this weekend he's he's a talented player oh yeah like even when he wasn't last year when i was frustrated with the number of you know breakaways that he missed and stuff like he's still a good player. He really so. is. He's a good, solid player. So, but the team's coming together without him, and you know, it's nice to know that no one guy really makes this team. Absolutely not. It, you you compare this to last year's team. Last year's team, if they'd lost Friday, they might have folded on Saturday. You know, it. it and and here, yeah. here they salvaged the the split. They so. came back, played hard, and they've done that a number of times. Uh, I know that the Omaha Hockey Twitter page tweeted out the fact that we are unbeaten on Saturdays. So yeah, we're unbeaten we on Saturdays this season. Doing really good about bouncing back from Friday night losses, and we're not we're, getting complacent yeah. with Friday night wins. We're, so. we're six three and one on the season, so we have you know sixty six percent of the wins that we had all of last season, and it's the middle of November. I know we could we could hit Christmas and be ahead of our win total. Boy, that would be year. great. Wouldn't that be? I'd love that. Yeah. So, John, I have to ask you a question. Yeah. When I said the word snipe, <laughs> did you know what I was talking about? I'll tell you the one that is driving me nuts. How about them apples? Apples. <laughs> People use the term apples and the little emoji on Twitter to refer to assists. Yes, they do. Okay. And, and this is and one. I'm going to get dinged on this on my own message board, but this is the way my life goes. Hey. I've been following this sport for 22 years at Red Army Omaha, who's my friend Rick Jeffries, on Twitter the other day asked, Uh how many straight home games have you been to? Because Bridget and I have not missed a home game. And I added it up and it was 468, 469 if you count the team's exhibition several years ago out in Kearney. Okay. It's 22 years. Yeah, that's home games. That doesn't count the 70 some odd. I can say because the the 70 some odd road trips we've been on, all the hockey that we've watched, both college and professional. I have never. You know, we're on Twitter all the time. We're on Facebook all the time. We're online all the time. (laughs) I've never heard the term apples for assists. I haven't heard of this. No. Like, if. I don't even believe you've heard. I'm just, I just feel like you're just (laughs) saying this just to act like, you know, something that I don't know. I think that this is exactly what's happening. Apples. I I played in high school and I'm telling you, I, that was the first time I heard it was in high school. So I've known it for decades. You never use it in a sense. You know what an apple is? An apple are we talking about we hockey used... apples? Or... No, an apple is what we use to record this podcast. An apple <laughs> is what we use to build and update the mavpuck.com website. An apple is what we use to tweet out updates during a game. 
That's what an Apple is. It's an iPhone. It's a Mac. It's an iPad. It's, it's not the, an assistant. Just say assist. It's the thing that lets you get your job done. Like, the assist is the thing that gives you the goal. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Let's use the, you know, marketing communications <laughs> graphic designer analogy. John, an Apple assists you in your job to make money. This is how you do it. And an Apple yeah. is an assistant hockey game. So there, we've cleared it up now. We've cleared it up now. <laughs> Should we go see... I kind of want to go through, like, we almost need an entire podcast of, like, hockey slang, but... Oh, good Lord, we don't need one, because it's just going to be me ranting and complaining about I mean... this jargon. <laughs> but you you need to know. Like, you need to know. I mean... Apples. You... Snipe? Did you at least know Apples. what I meant by a snipe? Like, sniper. Yeah. Good shot. Yeah. Okay. We're stepping the right direction. Sniper. Yeah. Shoots from out at the perimeter. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty shot from a distance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you knew that one. Yeah. You know the paint? I mean, it's I different in basketball, but... I don't know. Okay. And the gold crease? The crease. Yeah, I know yeah. the crease. Okay. Yeah. It's called the paint. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one, there was one last year that somebody was trying to convince us of. It was when we played Western Michigan last year at yeah. Baxter Arena, where they said that, you know, they referred to a game-winning goal as a hero. Never heard that before. Mm, yeah. Yeah, somebody made that comment. They tweeted, you know, he was the hero for the game. We know the player that they were talking about. And so Bridget DM'd the entity that tweeted this. And she's like, what exactly do you mean by a hero? Well, sometimes in hockey, they refer to a game-winning goal by a player as, you know, a hero. No, they don't. Yeah, and I mean, I... I know people have said that someone who scored a game-winning goal was a hero, but not in a general sense, like a, they would say it was a term to use. Like right. Apple for assist. I mean, that is a fairly blanket use of that term I, in my world. I honestly have never heard the term Apple. I can't believe you haven't there, there's other there's other jargon that fans might not be familiar with. Like when they hear about when you hear about, for example, a team playing down low, right. they don't understand that it's down playing down, kind of you know around the net front along the goal line down there. Usually below the dots. Right, yeah. exactly. But you can't you can't tell me that Apple is just this commonly used term. I I will I will grant you that I don't hear it as much now as I did when I was younger. But I mean, I still, I mean, I still hear from guys that are older. I I wonder if it's just one of those terms that's kind of like lost its appeal somehow, and that's I don't why. know. But I I mean I do I do hear it every once in a while. Well, people use it now just so they can use the Apple emoji. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Monday night on hockey, Twitter. I'm gonna like I'm gonna hear it like. I'm every really five glad seconds. you brought up this topic because it's just gonna result in. How do you not know Apple's a term? I don't know. I've watched these games. I've listened to, I don't know how many people do play-by-play well, -play for this sport. I have never heard the term Apple. <laughs> never. Why don't you just say assist? Because it's not fun. If a player's in the crease, why don't you just say they're in the crease? I wouldn't say they were in the paint because to me, the paint signifies basketball. basketball more. To me, that's, yeah. you know, that's basketball. See, and I, I would... That one, I don't hear nearly as much, and I believe that to be because it just kind of got overtaken. Now, I'm not against the term, you know, like a sniper. 
Because yeah. that just sounds cool. <laughs> so it does. When you hear a player is Apple's not cool? No, what Apple's... A, what, are you going to turn dumb, into an Android it's a, guy? It's a dumb term. No. <laughs> I love Apple's when they're used in the proper context and for the proper things. technology? And I guess they assist me in my job. <laughs> but yeah, sniper's cool for a player. Because what do you think of when you think of a sniper? You think of like a, a you know special forces sniper, you know, sitting in the jungle, lying in wait, yeah. ready to just, you know take out somebody from you know a thousand yards that's what you think about when you think about it in hockey you think about a guy who's out there at the top of the circle who's going to fire one in that's what you think about right okay okay so you know that three goals is a hat trick guy i hope it's still called a hat trick what are you yeah. going to tell me it's called what are you going to tell me it's called i don't know if you get three assists during the game yeah do you know what three assists is no, we were talking about it in your kitchen, and I don't know what we thought it was. Your your daughter thought it was a bushel. Sitting here thinking, well, you know, three apples. Which, which now that we talk about apples, I'm thinking that was like that. That's such a better term than what it actually is. Three apples. We is need a, to start this. Three apples is a good day at the apple store. Okay, in ten years, when they start calling three assists in a game a bushel, we want it, I want it documented that it started on the Mav podcast. On let's say eleven. Oh, so 18. yeah. What do they call? You never said this upstairs. What do they call? Uh, three assists in a game is a playmaker. Okay. That's fine. Okay. But nobody ever talks about that. No. When does anybody ever talk about this stuff? They really should. It does kind of frustrate. That one frustrates me because I've seen, I've seen kids get, for UNO, get three assists in a game and they don't mention that he completed the playmaker. I don't know. And they really should because I think the, I, it, it's a very special skill to be able to be accurate with passing the puck and to be a guy that can consistently yeah, we've, beat a guy. Look, I think there's we, some credit to that. We've got guys on this team mm-hmm. that they're not pure scorers, but they're guys that are good at getting the puck where it needs to be yeah. in order for one of our forwards to get a, get it in the back of the net. So next home series if you know one of these guys gets you know three apples i'll have bridget she tweets all the game updates during the game i'll have her put you know that's three apples on the game hashtag playmaker Playmaker. and what other crap you want to jargon you want to put in here it's ridiculous you know i'm tired you know i'm tired you know i'm tired you know i was exhausted (laughs) and now you're just bringing up this stuff i know because it's fun Nah, yeah, I'm looking you, forward to what do I would you want? would you rather talk about coins in a jar? Oh yeah, let's talk about you know milk. Let's do a milk jug update because we didn't have all the information last week. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I'm still. This is still like the. This is you and Apple. This is me going. I don't know what the heck we're talking about. Why are we putting stuff in a jug? I mean, all you knew. I just all thought someone drank a lot of milk. I'm like, my gosh, someone's no, got to be sick. Here, here, let's let's demonstrate how they sound. I'm oh, going to do this right, right on the podcast. They had me I'm bring it my down. Ears. Okay, okay, you ready to go? Ooh, loud. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I saw the meter on the recording just go up on that. Was, Jason's, Jason's going to have to. It's redlined. Okay, so there were actually little explanation sheets with these milk jugs, and I picked one up. Okay. As did your wife, but I didn't read it. I yeah, just picked it up in me. the jug. So the program is called Change for Change. Okay. And so the okay. idea is that people put money, as we mentioned last week, okay. in the milk jugs that they're giving away at Baxter Arena in the North End concourse around the arena, kind of 
it's kind of right near where the in, info table, information table is. Where they, the majority of the program cells are and stuff. Up yeah, there, right? exactly. Exactly. And so the idea is that you pick up your Highland what? Dairy Milk Jug. Okay. Yeah. At Baxter Arena. Okay. Or you can bring your own if you want to. And every time the Mavericks score a goal, you will fill the jug with loose change and shake it to make noise. Bring your jug each week and receive a commemorative sticker for each home game. So there were stickers at last week's game, little round stickers okay. that had the UNO logo and the Wisconsin logo. So it was it was a commemorative sticker for the matchup, which is cool. So you can decorate your jug with those stickers. And so when your jug gets too full with change, deposit the change and start filling it again. Okay, at the end of the season, the jugs will be collected and the money will be donated to the one fund. Okay, so every time we score a goal, we put some you put some home? change in it. Yeah, at home. Okay, so every time we score I mean, if, a goal if, at home, if you want to do it while they're on the road, if you want to sit in your living room while you're watching it on NCHC TV and shake it, or if you happen to go to a road game, certainly put money when UNO scores a goal. Beats flipping water bottles. So yeah. we put money into it, and then yeah. we shake it and make it loud noise. Yeah, preferably not on our podcast, right. and then. And then they'll, 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 it. they'll collect the money now. And did I, it say, did it say where the money goes to? Uh, yes. The money goes to the one fund, the one fund. Okay. And the one fund for those who don't know now, everybody who's a UNO fan should know, but not everybody Probably. who listens to this is a UNO fan. Who's here in Omaha. In the, one, the one fund is the entity that raises money for UNO athletics. So that money is essentially going to the team. Okay. Scholarships and stuff, I assume. Yeah, I would assume for things like fifth-year scholarships and whatnot. One of the things, uh, Trev Alberts was at the Omaha Press Club back in October, and one mm-hmm. of the things was he talked about the recruiting budget and how, you know, the recruiting budget was the same when Mike Kemp started as it was when Mike Gabinet started at UNO. The, it hadn't increased in all those years. So they've been working on fundraising efforts to increase the money that goes towards recruiting, which I think is a great thing because you, you need to be competitive. These coaches need to be able to travel around North America. Um, so I don't know that the money's going directly to that. Now, some people have pointed out that in the past when they had milk jugs, you know, after a season of shaking all of these coins in your milk jug, Jason, they, you know, sometimes the currency can wear off, you know, it can, it can, it can start to wear and decay and then it's money that a bank won't accept anymore. So I, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. Never I don't have any idea. Okay. It is well. No. Just, just I'm just telling you. You've never used the most. But when you get a lot of change in there and you spend the season just shaking the hell out of this mm-hmm. thing, you know, the the coins hit against each other and friction, you know, causes things to chip and decay. At and ten o'clock, corrode. you're trying to give me a physics lesson. I don't know. You sat there <laughs> like I was on Jeopardy with this stupid hockey jargon. And it's like, dude, I don't have the energy for this. I didn't, you know, buy my hockey one. You know, that's the thing. They used to have hockey one-on-ones where the, you know, the coaches and they didn't players, talk about apples in it. Jeez. I don't know. They haven't had one for like 17, 18 years. They need to have those again. Maybe, you know, maybe we coach, need to do it. coach Gabinette would use the term apples. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he calls it kale. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's what time is it? Yeah. It's 945. It feels like midnight. I'm just so tired right now. And I'm so tired of being 
You know what this term is? You know what that term is? I don't know what any of these terms are. It's late. It's late at night. So should we should we talk about Miami then? <sighs> Good. Not God, that Miami, I'm just, the other Miami. I'm just so looking forward to the critique of this podcast on my <laughs> message board. It's you know, eh. Trolls will be trolls. It was, it was pretty good last week. It was pretty. It was pretty good last week because we had a really good. We had a really good podcast last. Week. Yeah, let's talk it's about fun. Miami. Yeah, let's talk about Miami. But they're all good podcasts. That's why these people are listening to us. Yeah, it's fun. So, Miami got Miami Red Hawks. They split with Duluth. You know that Shocker. was actually that was a good result for them this week. I thought for sure Duluth was going to go in there and win too. I thought for sure. You know, I had said. Before the season started, when we did our preseason preview, I said, I don't think Miami is going to be great this year, but I think they're going to be more competitive. I think the right. cloud of whether Enrico Blasi was going to Blasi, be back yeah. as head coach, I think it was a huge distraction. I think as the season wears along, I think they'll improve. Plus, everybody likes to point out that, you know, Peter Menino stole, you know, a bunch of our recruits and took them there. And if you look at the recruits that, you know, he recruited while he was here that, you know, didn't go with him to Miami. Those guys are performing pretty well this season right. for UNO. So this is going to be an interesting one. They're, they're you know, they're a non-remarkable 3-6-2. and two, But they did well against Minnesota Duluth. So, you know, that's a good team. Even though Duluth has struggled some this year, you know, that's a team with a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, I mean St. Cloud looks to be underperforming right now. You know, Miami may not be the worst team in the conference, even though we both picked them right. to finish at the bottom. And like you said, you know, it wasn't because we thought they'd be worse than last year or anything. It just seemed like everyone got a little bit better, although St. Cloud may be proving us wrong. Yeah, in that. I mean, who knows? It's Right now, it's, it's definitely difficult to tell. I mean, I still assume that they'll finish last place in the conference and it'll be a tough so. year for them again but we'll see they come to omaha this is a good opportunity for us we'll have them at home which yep helps yep i don't know it's hard to predict you know with them coming are they going to come off of a high saying hey we got to split when we probably shouldn't have or are they going to come back saying hey we're better than we thought we were and we can hang with all these other teams I don't think we can overlook them. I don't think you can ever look over overlook any team in the NCAA. Well, like like we were talking about with the pairwise rankings, you know, you just got to win, 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 win. You just got to keep winning, and yeah. in particular, you got to take advantage of the opportunities in games that you should win to win. Yeah, it's a tough you, season, you know. You worry too much about you know having to do that, and you start gripping your stick a little hard. So. We would gotta be cautious about feeling or putting too much pressure on these guys. Mm-hmm. So that said, you want to take a stab at results? Oh, I think we sweep. Okay. We play well at home under under Coach Gabinet. We've been a solid team at home, all things considered, especially his first season here. And this is a much better team than we had last season. So. I think we sweep it home. I've basically I, picked a sweep every week, so. <laughs> yeah. 
I think we sweep. I think it's going to be, I think one of the games, my guess is Friday's game will be closer than maybe we would expect it to be. I could see us ending up with a tie or overtime loss kind of thing mm-hmm. where instead of getting six points out of the weekend, maybe we only get four or five, you know, a shootout win or something like that, where all we get is a conference point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where we are. I, I think we'll sweep. Cause I think we've got what we need to take care of business, but I think they'll give us a scare on Friday and it's possible. We don't, come away with six points but we still come away with two wins type of situation okay. at least in the in the conference sense obviously the, you know com- yeah ncaa you get past the three so you don't think we're going to get the full six points six points in the conference i think race there's out a chance i think there's a chance that we don't but you do think this could be one of those where miami comes in and kind of surprises us based on recent history our team could look at them and say as eh, team we should beat no sweat, no problem. And they come in and play really hard thinking it's early in the season. We have a chance to get some good conference points here in Omaha. People aren't expecting us to win. And maybe just maybe they sneak up on us and surprise us, especially considering how they played against Duluth this weekend in Oxford. Right. And that's, I think, the part that makes it difficult to predict. Right. I just think they're going to come in. I think they're a talented team. I think we have a tendency to jump ahead too much we have a tendency to you know we talked about the friday night woes at western michigan so you know if any of those kind of raise up again you know we still have that and they've they've got to be careful and they've got to stay out of the box that's one of the things that's i mean you know one of one of the statistical categories that we lead in this season is you know penalty minutes right and we've got to be careful about that because that can be a momentum killer and you know again that's an opportunity for a team like miami to take advantage of the situation and we need to finish our chances you know we need to when we get opportunities against miami yep we need to finish them especially early on it will do us better if we put them in a deep hole early yeah and i don't know that they have the mental fortitude and i don't think they have the talent to come back from, you know, a three, four goal deficit. They don't, they don't have the firepower to do that. So that's so not going to happen. We a... can't, we can't let them hang around kind right. of like we did uh, in the Saturday night game against Western Michigan, where they were just, they were kind of for a long time, you could have seen that game going a different way. You know what right. I'm saying? So you've got to be very, very careful about that. Yeah. And we've had, you know, we stole a win before on a you know late third period goal because you know we played well enough to stay even through three you know we bounced back from you know goals when we gave up the lead when we gave up a a tie you know we bounced back got that that tying goal and then just kind of hang you know you kind of hang tough and until you get a good opportunity and then you finish your chance um I don't think we want to be in that position against Miami. I don't want to be, especially Friday night. I don't want to be no. in a position. I that would that's what worries me. 
is that that's the kind of game we're in. You know, it's tied at two. It's tied, or we're five nurs- minutes or we're left, nurs- or we're nursing and- just a one goal lead, and and we think something we think we're happens. gonna win, and something happens, and yeah. ends up going to overtime, and then we yeah. yeah. Or I mean, with with our penalty problems, I mean, you could be yeah. You could be up by a goal with, you know, seven or eight minutes left and someone takes a major and all of a sudden it's, you know, two power play goals and now we're losing. Yeah. You know, and then mm-hmm. you've got to get, you've got to find your system back after the the penalty ends and, you know, we're left with a few minutes to try to manufacture a tying goal. I, those are the types of situations that I worry about us being in on Friday night. Agreed. And that's why I, that's why I'm willing to say we may not come away with. All like six all points. six points, you're thinking like it could be like a five point type weekend or something yeah. like that. And I, yeah, you very we well give up could a late right. power play and it bites us. You know, there's just it seems with this team they make some some mental mistakes at very inopportune times. Yeah, so it's and, hard for me to say yeah we're gonna you know sweep them out because they're still a good team. It's it's not like Alabama Huntsville coming in where I I felt better about saying we were going to sweep them because. You know, I knew kind of a little bit more about what Huntsville had. Well, and let's let's be honest with you. That's the only sweep we've gotten this, yeah. this season, despite having a good record. So it, it, Sweeping in college hockey is difficult. And, like, and sweeping in this conference. And is harder than is, yeah. anything. I mean... If, if you win 50% of your games, you're doing well. You're doing well in this conference. So you never know what will happen. And, and they got to be careful because they have a, a week off after right. this, a Thanksgiving. So... They can't start looking ahead to, you know, games after the Thanksgiving yeah, weekend. Or like going Duluth, home and seeing family. Like Minnesota and stuff, Duluth yeah. and St. Clouds. Exactly. Yeah. Heading home for the, yeah. So they've got to be very, very careful about that. But this is an opportunity for them. I'm going with the sweep. Yeah. Because that's what I do. You're going with the not quite sweep, which I think is a far more interesting pick. And I like your, I like your courage for doing that. Optimist and pessimist. Though. How about them apples? <laughs> How about them assists? Oh my gosh. All right, here's an assist. Why don't you close this out? All right. Load up all you snipers out there. If you want to get some great game updates during the game, and I promise you we won't talk about apples because I'm not going to do that unless it's about, you know, something that Tim Cook announces (laughs) that my favorite fruit company out in Cupertino, California is releasing. Follow Puck on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Sign up for an account on mavpuck.com. We've got a lot of fun stuff there, and I'm continually trying to work on more interesting content that we can share with you. And and this podcast is part of it. It's wonderful that Jason wanted to do this podcast a couple years ago, and I'm glad we've been consistent. I'm glad we're doing it every week, and we appreciate you guys listening to it. Love it if you share it. Yeah. Uh, It's really important to us. So Thank you all. Until the Miami series this week, go Mavs. Go Mavs.